Well, the Eagles overcome a slow start, but in the end, it is not enough to get the win in Atlanta. 24-20, your final score as the Falcons stand down at the end. Ike, uh, really a brutal way for this one to end for the Eagles with Zach Ertz on fourth down, making that catch being less than a yard short there to end the game. Uh, initial thoughts as you begin to uh, process all that we've just seen. Just a tough game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously going in, going in on the road against a team like Atlanta, coming off a tough loss they had last week, you knew this would be a hard-fought game. And the Eagles just couldn't overcome somewhat of a slow start. And just in the end there, got to find a way to pull this game out. Tough, valiant effort. You know, give Atlanta credit. They obviously came in in a desperate situation, playing at home, didn't want to go to 0-2. And they gave the Eagles everything they had tonight. And the Eagles, a little bit of shorthanded. We'll get to that as the show goes on tonight. But shorthanded, missed some key guys early in the game. And they were really fighting uphill all night. And really had a chance there late in the game. And I know Zach, all pro tight end. Yeah. Um, he's probably going to be kicking himself a little bit. Got to run that route a yard or two, a little deeper past the first down markers. Carson is expecting him to be past the first down marker when he hits him with that throw. Um, Zach knows that, probably wishes he had that one back, but a tough, hard-fought game. Eagles come up on the short end of this one. Yeah, really a roller coaster. A lot of screaming going on in this office. Um, a lot of emotions, ups and downs. You see a lot of <laughs> both sides going for it on fourth down. Um, just a lot of excitement on both sides of the ball. Like I said, we're going to break it down. If you're watching us on Facebook, go ahead and send us your questions. We'll do our best to get to some of those. Ike, let's go ahead and get into your three takeaways. What's the first one for you? Well, I think a slow start. I mean, yeah. on the road, second game in a row, Eagles get off to a slow start. It's becoming somewhat of a, a um, um, disheartening trend when you look at this team. Think back to where they were in the Super Bowl year and how they would get out to a fast start on a lot of teams scoring in the first quarter. You know, last year it was a little bit of an issue, not getting uh, off to a good start offensively. First two games so far this year, same troubles, not getting off to a good start offensively, whether it's turnovers, whether it's penalties. They find themselves behind the eight ball and have to sort of climb climb, climb out of a hole. And it's, it's a lot tougher to do on the road. And that's the first thing I noticed tonight. You are hoping for a fast start on the road against a desperate team like Atlanta. We did not get a fast start. Defense kept us in the game, yeah. but, but, but the offense, again, off to a slow start. Well, Eagles scoreless in the first quarter, no touchdowns in the first half. And uh, you talk about those injuries there. I mean, they were without a lot of major pieces on their offense. Dallas Goddard hurt in warm-ups, didn't see the field at all. Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, zero targets to both of those guys. Saw very limited action there. Jason Kelsey went out for a minute for concussion protocol, as did Carson Wentz. Um, there was a, a lot of limited uh, limitations on this offense, where the story this year has been their depth. Uh, let's keep going with your takeaways. What, what's next? Well, I'll you? tell you, when you when you lose guys the way they lost early in the game, I mean, you're talking about key guys like Deshaun, Alshon, yeah. Dallas Goddard, it makes it a lot harder for your offense to really get a flow going. So what you're going to need to do is lean on your defense, and that's what the Eagles did tonight. They lean on their defense, and Jim Swartz has been very good against this Atlanta offense. Uh, the last three meetings, able to keep this offense under 20 points, able to keep Julio Jones out of the 
end zone. Unfortunately, he's able to get in the end zone twice tonight, but I like what the defense did early in the game, creating some turnovers, allowing the offense to get some short fields to work with. Really, a good game plan from Jen Swartz today. Really dialed up the blitzes, able to keep Matt Ryan and that offensive line sort of off guard, really keep them on their heels. Got some big sacks and big third down stops, but I know Jim Swartz and a lot of people out there asking for Coach Swartz to dial up the pressures, bring more blitzes. Coach Swartz warned us this week in, 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 in his press conference about dialing up those yeah. pressures, and it kind of leaves you exposed on the back end. When you get to that fourth and three play that Julio Jones was able to score that touchdown on, Eagles dialed up the pressure. You got to make the tackle. Falcons recognized it, checked out of the play that they were in, went to a quick throw to Julio. They got all four touchdowns. But I thought the Eagles defense played much better than they did last week, except for the one play against Julio late in the game. I thought the Eagles defense really kept this team in the game tonight. Well, yeah, like you said, Jim Schwartz really mixed it up with the Blitz, really kept the pressure on Matt Ryan, made him very uncomfortable. He's, he had uh, three interceptions in this one, which is very uncharacteristic. We got some highlights. You know what? Let's like, check in with Merrill Cam, the most exciting part of our show. Let's hear from, uh, from Merrill uh, Reese and Mike Quick on, on today's game. Intercepted. It's picked off, and they will mark it down, but Sidney Jones took it off the hands. It was deflected and the Eagles have come up with a big interception right here and a major mistake. Third down and nine for Atlanta. Motion, Austin Hooper at the tight end. Ryan in the gun. He's back, he pumps. He is going deep again and it's intercepted. It is Darby. Darby at the 35, at the 30. Darby carrying the football and finally takes it down to the 24 yard line. Second interception of the game for the Eagles. Well, I love Doug, but let it be said, I'd go for the three right here and just with this much time left and the way they've been moving the football. Wentz back, Wentz looks, has time, time, fires, complete, touchdown, Doug's right. Nelson Aguilar in the back of the end zone. Doug is absolutely right. You're funny. <laughs> You're so funny. Second and eight. Julio Jones in motion to the far side of the field. Split way out. And the gun is Ryan. Looks right. Fires for the end zone. Intercepted by Nathan Gary, who takes it out to the one. Intercepted by Nathan Gary. And now a penalty flag comes down. That was the third interception by the Eagles in this game. They just took points away from Atlanta. Tight formation, slot to the near side of the field. Aguilar in the slot. Wentz under center. And he sneaks, and he's in! Touchdown! Eagles take the lead. Jordan Howard to the right of Wentz, standing in the gun. Wentz takes the snap. He's back, fires, two points! Ertz! You are watching the postgame show presented by Rico, Ike Reese, Amy Campbell, Fran Duffy now joining us. Uh, Fran, initial takeaways from... Uh, this crazy game. Uh, it was a crazy game. And I'll tell you with this, guys. My initial takeaway, this team didn't blink. Yeah. You know, we've seen so many teams throughout the NFL over the first couple of weeks where they get down in an early hole and they fold. We've seen it with a number of teams. I, I could think of Cleveland Browns right off the top of my head. All the hype coming in on Cleveland. They come in week one. They lay an egg. Tennessee gets up on them early. They fold. You look at some of these other teams around the league early on. They go out. They face some adversity. They fold. This team 
on the road against an 0-1 desperate team. We talked about it on the kickoff show, Amy. This team coming back with Atlanta is a talented team. It's a battle-tested team. You knew they weren't going to fold and coming. They weren't going to go 0-2 willingly. So you had to come in and punch them in the mouth. They came back and they, and they fought. Yeah. Injuries, early score deficit, guys getting hit left and right. I'm hurting watching this game. Yeah, I mean. When, and they bounce back. They, keep, they just keep fighting. It really was remarkable, especially down the stretch there, Ike. We talked about all of those key pieces of that offense that were missing. And really, at the end, the receivers, Nelson Aguilar, Mac Hollins. And those two had really solid games for the Eagles tonight. So stepped up when the numbers called that next man up mentality. Yeah, it really has been the trademark of this 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 team under Doug Peterson's coaching. I mean, they typically fight you tooth and nail for 60 minutes, four quarters. Didn't expect anything else from them tonight. Man down, multiple guys down. Next guy has to step up. And this team is right there in the end with an opportunity to win this game late in the game. Uh, Never question whether or not this team is going to give you a full day's effort. They typically do. And undermanned, you know, losing key guys early in this game could have very easily folded the tent and no one would have questioned it. But this team, true to its character, going to fight you all the way to the end and had a chance there late in the game to really steal one on the road against a desperate team like the Atlanta Falcons. A lot of people, you know, talking about this Falcons team throughout the week as if, this Falcon team is not a very good team. It's not a talented team based yeah. off the way they played last week in Minnesota. You That's can't faster. judge a team off the first week of the season. Yeah. I really had this Falcons team in the playoffs. I had them winning this division, yeah. NFC South, and I knew this would be a tough game. The Eagles didn't expect them to be undermanned after a series or two in this game, but I thought they would be in the game, and I thought they would have a chance late just – just one of those uh, opportunities that they missed out on. But again, when they look back at the film, they can be proud of the effort that they've given. But that's really been a trademark of this team. We, we truly expect them to come out and give you an honest day's work. Well, yeah, there's a lot of talent on this team, like you mentioned. And let's not forget, last year the Eagles took care of business against the Falcons at home. Yeah. But the Falcons, their defense was, in, was majorly injured in that game. And a lot of those guys, yeah. several of their guys, were lost for the season in that game. So not at full strength the way we saw them tonight and you saw how good their defense can look when they're healthy. So Fran, I know a lot to break down in this film. Uh, what do you have your eye on that you're going to be looking uh, looking to break down as you get into things tomorrow? Yeah, I think number one will be the first thing is looking at what defensively they did to turn up the heat a little bit on Matt Ryan, especially in the second half. That defense, uh, the defensive line, and also the blitz, the blitz package. We saw uh, that cover zero blitz that Jim Schwartz and the Eagles defense threw at Matt Ryan to create that Ronald Darby interception in the third quarter. To me, that was one of the biggest plays of the game that helped turn the tide, helped the Eagles go into a touchdown, make it a one-score game. I want to see exactly some of the other things that they did. You saw a zone, uh, a zone pressure where Fletcher Cox dropped out, but you know they were able to get home. I'm excited to see what the Eagles did from a, a, a strategy standpoint. But on the other side of the coin, and in the same point, I think you have to give a tip of the cap to the Atlanta Falcons here because it, from the opening drive, I thought that they dialed up a lot of interesting plays that kind of played on the Eagles' aggressiveness. And that's, look, that's good coaching from Atlanta's part. You find exactly what the strength is of an opponent, and then you want to try and find ways to attack it. You have to give credit to Atlanta. They found ways, and it was little dink and dunk plays. And then it became the big one that at the end. You, you have that screen pass at the end. That all plays on the aggressiveness of the Eagles' defense. Yeah, and you just set them up, set them up, set them up for yep. that big shot. Uh, let's go to our plays of the game. Ike, what is it for you? 
Well, for me, I would I would have to go to the interception laid by Ron Darby. I mean, you get a play right there. I need to put your phone on silent. <laughs> you get a play what right is, there. So all the games are over. I don't know what kind of updates are coming through right now. It's notifications. <laughs> they they keep going. Do but not disturb. The Ron the Ron Darby interception I thought was big, and yeah. and you get that late in the game. You just mentioned it, Fran. You get Jim Schwartz dialing up a zero blitz. Eagles not really known for that. And then Ron Darby on Julio Jones, able to get his head around and make that play, I thought, allowed the Eagles to get right back in this game. Yeah, what about you, Fran? To me, it's the fourth down conversion of Nelson Aguilar on that last yeah. drive. Because to me, you had the adversity of, you know, they come back and Nelson has that drop. And that's individual adversity, but also team adversity. I mean, the, the air just kind of falls out of you as a team. Ike, you could probably speak to that is when you feel like you've got momentum and then you lose it. And then for Nelson to come back three plays later and make that catch, Carson's getting hit. The, the, the whole offense then comes around, and now it's like, oh, we, we got this again. Right. To me, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, honestly, I want to win the game. I'm just as juiced if we lo- that we lost the game as we did by winning because what? you saw that fight from the Eagles in that. For them to convert on fourth and eight in that situation, to me, that speaks to the fight that this team has. That's a winner's mentality, the fact that they were to come back off of that. Because you have a play like that on first down, and you say, that's a walk-off touchdown. To come back off of that, to me, in a losing effort, that, that stands out to me. But you would be more juiced if they won. Of course I'd be more juiced. But I, just I, said just I don't walk, juice. I don't walk away from this loss, though, feeling like, oh, man, like that was tough. Look, you're not going to go 16-0. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're not going to go 16-0. You're going to lose games. If you're going to lose a game, you want it to look like that one did, where you yeah. faced adversity on the road against a good team, a battle-tested team, and you went down swinging. Well, I was going to pick your play of the game, Fran, so I'm going to pick a different one now because it's one of the most superhuman things I've ever seen Carson Wentz do, and we've seen him do a lot yeah. when he's falling down, being sacked, keeping the play alive, getting that pass to Mac Hollins. I mean, that was especially Crazy. great to see Mac Hollins have a game like that tonight, too. That, to me, was one of the craziest things we've seen Carson Wentz do, and we've seen him do some pretty crazy things. Yeah, and, and you needed him to sort of step up and make plays when plays weren't there, and that's what Carson has the ability to do, keep plays alive. I just thought tonight it was asking a little much of him to just be uh, a magician on just about every series that he was out there. Not enough easy plays being made. Get the ball out of his hands, let guys make plays for him. It was too much relying on him tonight to come up with this spectacular play. And he was able to do it at times, but when you're on the road and you're going against a fast defense like the Atlanta Falcons, eventually it's going to catch up to you. Now, the Eagles, they were in this thing all the way to the end, but I just thought Carson, under duress, took some hits tonight, and it just didn't look like anything was easy for the Eagles' offense tonight. You know, we saw them come alive last week against the Washington Redskins. Tonight, I just thought this offense pretty much had the fight and scrape for every yard that they got tonight. And, like, you know what it's like. I mean, you go into a week, you have a week of preparation where you understand, hey, we're going to be down, this guy, this guy, and this guy. We're going to prepare for that. To go into a game and then minutes beforehand find out, oh, you know, like Dallas Goddard, not going to be available. Oh, opening drive. All right, Deshaun's down. Alshon's down. All right, Jason Kelsey's out for a little bit. All right, now Jason Peters late in the game. He's out. Tim Jernigan's out. Ronald Darby's out. Sidney Jones is out. All these guys in and out of the lineup, that's a lot to react to on the fly. What is that like from a player standpoint being able to overcome that? Well, I'll tell you, being a, a, a backup player throughout my career 
I know for those guys, you have to be ready to go. You have to be ready when your number is called. So a guy like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside maybe didn't expect to play as many snaps as he did tonight. Mac Hollins maybe didn't expect to play as many snaps as he did tonight. But this is the NFL, and you need to be ready at a moment's notice. And as a backup player, I thought these guys came in, and they acquitted themselves well tonight, especially being young as they are, thrown into this position to where you're going to be relied upon series after series. And um, I thought they responded well. I thought Carson responded well. Yeah. Listen, he can't. you can't control who you're going to be throwing the ball out there to. You just have to run the offense. And I thought Carson did a great job tonight trying to spread the ball around. Obviously, you're trying to build trust with some of these young guys that you don't have a, a huge rapport with when it comes to being out on the practice field working with. And you, like Spran just said, you almost have to learn on the fly as they're out there. And I thought the offense early, it, 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 it sputtered a little bit, but I thought in the second half they started to get some things going with the young guys. And Carson started to show where he could trust those guys to put the ball up in their hands, and they came through for him for the most part. Had some plays that I know guys are going to want back. You brought up the Nelson Aguilar play. I know Nelson, he is a true perfectionist. He'll tell you that that's a ball that he has to pull in late in the game. But hoping that we'll have our guys back next week when it's time to take on the, uh, the Lions. If yeah. not... These young guys got a lot of experience tonight that is going to be value, uh, valuable to them moving forward. Absolutely. Something to build on. And you talk about Carson kind of having to do everything. He certainly got pushed around a lot in there, sacked three times. And we were kind of expecting the trenches to be a big part of this game. And we definitely saw it affecting him, affecting the offense. A lot to build on, Fran. You said, look, if we have to take a loss, this is a really yep. positive way to have one. This is kind of how you want to see it go down. What do you see as a, some building blocks? You know, Ike mentioned experience for some of the younger receivers receivers, the guys who aren't always getting all the touches, what do you see as a building block for this team moving forward? It's absolutely going to be, they're going to go to the film and they're going to see the plays that they could have made, the plays that they left on the field, but you're always going to try and find those bright spots as well. And so those guys that, you know, that Ike mentioned, maybe they weren't expecting to play 65 snaps or 73 snaps or even 50 snaps or 30 snaps here tonight. Those guys are going to go to the film. They're going to see what they did well. They're going to see what they didn't do well. And now it's about, you know, moving on from that. And to me, you look at some of these young guys, I can't wait to go into the tape and see what J.J. Arthega-Whiteside did. I can't wait to go to the tape and see, all right, Andre Dillard on that last drive. To me, it looked pretty good in those final three plays. Like I want to see these young guys that came into the game and see how they performed. Josh Sweat looked like he had a couple of impressive rushes tonight. So to me, I want to go and see those young guys that had to come on. What did they look like? How do you go on and build from this against the Detroit team? They're going to come in, and they're going to be ready to play here on Sunday. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, like you said, a lot to build on looking forward. We are just waiting to hear from head coach Doug Peterson, who is approaching the podium now. Let's hear his thoughts on this game. resilience you guys showed despite injuries, circumstance, everything else, some positive at all? Um, love the way these guys fought. Again, you know, it was in our hands. Again, it was in the game, and uh, we came up short. Uh, but, uh, you know, it stings, obviously. Uh, you know, losses like this, and uh, it's going to make hey. us better moving forward. Final, final. It was awesome. Uh, I saw Doctor in tears as he walked. Hasn't the man suffered enough, the guys? So start over. Um, I saw Doctor walk up. 
mean, it, it's hard to it's hard to find words, you know. Um, these guys are hurting. Obviously, the, the hard work and preparation that they do during the week and put in. Uh, I just told them that, that you know I was proud of them. I'd also told them that you know this is gonna this is gonna really unite this football team. Um, you know, through all the adversity that we faced uh, tonight in this game, um, and and really no one no one should hang their head. You know, they they battled. Uh, it was in our hands at the end to win. And again, we, we came up short. So, uh, it, it hurts, but uh, they'll, they'll be better for it. The final touchdown pass to, to Jones. I mean, there's a fine line between pick action, legal blocking, and picks. What did the play no, look like to you? Clean. It was clean. Obviously, we'll look at it you know, on the way home tonight. But, um, you know, we were in an all-out blitz and, and just coming after the quarterback in that situation. He checked to the receiver screen, got two good blocks on the perimeter. Foot race. Can you talk about the adjustments you made at, uh, at the half? The second half. Well, the adjustment started uh, in the first quarter uh, when, when guys started started falling for us. Um, and give credit to Mike Rowe and, and Jeff Stoutland, you know, uh, in the run game and passing game, just just coming up and you know keeping you know keeping guys like JJ and keeping guys like Mac Hollins and and uh, obviously the running backs and, and Nelly and Zach, just keeping them you know kind of abreast of what we were doing and some of the changes we were making because we had to. Switch some personnel groups tonight in midstream, which is hard to do, but uh, give credit to those guys for doing it. So is there something to be said for the fact that this was a game um, and, and came down to the end given all the injuries you guys suffered? You know, is, is there something to be said for the fact that this was as close as it was with a chance to win it given I, all those injuries? I mean, yeah, I think, I think if, you know, y- y- there's no moral victories, obviously, but... I think with the resiliency of the team and, and what, what offensively we were faced with and then of course the defense, you know, we lose Tim Jernigan and you know, in this football game and um, you know, it just it, it just sort of things began to kind of snowball a little bit. But the fact that we hung in there, we battled, um, gave ourselves a chance, we were had to lead there, you know, late in the game. Um, and, and that's really what these games come down to. It's just a couple plays here and there that can go in your favor or the other way and, and tonight they went in, you know, their way. Anybody seriously hurt uh, long range? Well, you know, obviously we'll check tomorrow when we get back, um, you know, and, and have, have more of an update tomorrow. But, um, you know, it's hard to comment on those those injuries right now, you know, long term. We don't know. In the week you prepare for different scenarios, but did you ever discuss or envision what to do when you're down? Well, I, I guess two receivers, one tight end, you only have, have, have four skilled guys there. I mean, you, you always have a plan for maybe one guy. You know, obviously one guy goes down because you can shift some things. But when you, you have your two top receivers and a, and a tight end go down, um, it's, it's difficult, you know, because now you're really having to uh, put guys in positions that haven't gotten those, you know, they haven't gotten those reps during the week. Was the play sheet limited in terms of what you were able to call? Yeah, I mean, it, it cuts things way down because you're out of your 12 personnel, obviously, when Dallas isn't there. You know, and then and then some of the stuff uh, it just limits you a little bit. But uh, listen, it, credit uh, you know credit Mike, credit Stout you know, for the passes, the runs, getting it getting it together, and, and communicating with me so we could we could execute what we did. You know, when you have these countless injuries, do you rely on the coordinators for personnel groupings, or do you rely on the position coaches to kind of say who's best for? Well, the coordinators you know, coordinators can can shift the personnel groupings, but then the position coaches during the game have to really we got to coach. And and this is this is uh, it's, it's, it was great to see. We had great communication um, even pregame, you know, when when we found out about Dallas. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's great communication on their part, and, and they they handled it well. Doug, in the moment in the first half, your level of concern with Carson, he, he got banged around some. 
he was missing some balls that he usually is more accurate on. He had to get evaluated. Where was your level of concern on is this a good idea to keep going or with him? No, I mean, listen, you know, we knew coming in it was going to be a, going to be a battle. It was going to be a physical game. Uh, obviously, the quarterback's not exempt from that. And, um, you know, we tried to give him – I tried to give him some throws where the ball could come out early and, and, and that. But at some point, you got to – you know, you got to push the ball down the field, and uh, it's going to take some protection. And, and give credit to the Falcons. I mean, they had a tremendous pass rush tonight, whether they were rushing four or five guys and uh, put pressure on them all night. Okay. What, uh, last one, please. I'm sorry. Did you talk at all at halftime about whether uh, there was a problem with the surface or the cleats or something? We had so many calf injuries. And, uh, no, we were just ready to make adjustments and get ourselves back in this football game in the second half. Okay, a lot to take away from Coach's press conference there. It hurts, but he says this team is going to be better for it. Um, seems relatively uh, had had kind of an energy uh, 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 that he was at peace with the result of today, given all that they had thrown at them um, to to overcome so much of that is really a positive thing for this team. Yeah, I mean, that's a coach that knows we're in game two of a 16-game schedule. And there's no need to overreact to your first loss of the season. They weren't going to go undefeated all year, so you're going to get a loss somewhere. And uh, it's on the road. It's a tough loss considering the circumstances. Uh, Doug has every right to somewhat feel proud about the effort that his guys gave tonight. And they were undermanned, and they're going up against a desperate team. And so you want to pull some positives out of this because you, the, he knows his guys are in there hurting tonight. He knows Zach Ertz is hurting. He's kicking himself over that final play. Nelson Aguilar, who had a great game tonight, is kicking himself over that drop pass on the final drive. Carson Wentz, who finished up strong but did not start strong, is kicking himself for the, for the slow start. And the defense, who actually came out and played real well tonight and kept them in the game, they gave up one play tonight to Julio Jones. That 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 all-out blitz that everyone is calling for. They want everybody, everybody wants Jim Swartz to blitz. Well, he blitzed, and this is what can happen when you send extra guys. There's nobody out there on Julio Jones one-on-one, and a player like that can make something out of nothing, and that's what Julio was able to do. So I understand where Doug is coming from tonight because he knows this is something that they need to build off of. Reminds me of 2017. Tough loss out there in Kansas City. Came down to the final drive, or it was a one-possession game where the Eagles had a chance to possibly send the game to overtime. Really uh, did some things to shoot themselves in the foot in that game, but they came out of that game knowing that they were a good football team yeah. and they just needed to fix some small things. I believe that's the same thing they're going to come out of this game knowing that that's a good Falcons football team and the Eagles had every chance to win this game late. Now, that flight back will be a little quiet because they realize that they could have stolen a game on the road against a very good NFC opponent. But they also understand that, that it's a long season left. They have a, a game next week against the Lions at home that they need to sort of get healthy, get back here, and, and try to get a win back here at home so you can get back on the right side of things. It's a lot of football left. I noticed this loss hurts, and it's a little disappointing. But uh, Atlanta was going to – you were going to need to play better than your B game. Mm -hmm 
to beat Atlanta tonight. And, and the funny thing is, Amy, yeah. they almost beat this team with their B game. Oh, yeah. They almost beat the Falcons well, with their look, B game. Coach said it so perfectly is, look, we gave ourselves a chance to win. These kind of games always come down to a couple of plays. It's very small margin of error. That's exactly what we saw. And for them to do what they did to keep themselves in it when they had all those injuries. But um, like Coach said, you know, we plan maybe for one guy, or may, but never for as many guys as was injured in this, especially on offense when it comes to, you know, a, a similar position group of that yeah. pass catcher there. So just to be able to get creative and utilize what they still had there, a lot of positives to take from this. One thing that stood out to me when we put up that stat board, um, both teams pretty one-dimensional on offense. Both really got it done through the air. I believe less than 50, there you go, 57 yards rushing for the Falcons, 49 for the Eagles, which is really surprising, honestly, for both teams. You maybe expect the Falcons to be a little bit more, a uh, little bit more balanced. Honestly, you expect both these teams to be a little bit more balanced. Like, what stands out to you about this? Yeah, I mean, 49 yards rushing is not what you is not ideal for you on the road. When you're on the road in a hostile environment, and you got to deal with crowd noise. You want to be able to run the football so you can take the air out of the crowd. And I thought tonight um, we we became a little bit predictable and throwing the ball and putting and putting the ball in Carson's hands uh, and not, you know, no fault of our own. It's just the running game wasn't working. You know, right. credit Atlanta's defense. They're fast. They, they're fast flowing. They can yeah. get to the ball. I didn't think we did a great job of blocking uh, at the point of attack and then getting up to the second level, getting on those linebackers. Atlanta's linebackers, Deion Jones, too often free-flowing to the football, able to get there unscathed and make run or make tackles in the backfield on either Miles Sanders or Jordan Howard. We had some success, some success when we tried to run, but not, not nearly enough success. And when you have guys like Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, Dallas Goddard missing from your offense, right. You need to be able to run Do the ball. Do you think that perhaps because the Falcons realized that the Eagles were a little bit banged up on the perimeter there, that they were able to sell out against the run a little bit more, and that really caused uh, the Eagles to struggle to get it going on the ground? Yeah, no doubt about it. Anytime you're taking a guy like Jackson off the field, yeah. who I'm pretty sure Dan, Dan Quinn and his defensive coordinator, that was their whole game plan this week, is not let Deshaun Jackson – beat you over the top. And so now you don't have to worry don't about him. You don't have to think about that yeah. at all. You don't have to worry about him, which means you don't have to devote an extra man to coverage. Now you can key in on the running game. When you're looking at Ortega Whiteside and Nelson Aguilar out there, it just isn't enough of a passing threat to force your defense to have to double cover anybody or anything of that nature. Once you once you key in on Zach Ertz and he can't beat you over the top, he's more or less going to beat you underneath. Now you can you can you can um, devote an extra guy to the box and play the run game. And I thought the Eagles they got in some looks where Carson is reading the defense. Defense and he's saying, okay, if I got a six-man box or a seven-man box, I'll run the ball. But if there's an eight-man box, I'm going to throw the ball. And the Falcons never had to have an eight-man box. They never had to have the extra guy in the box to stop the run, which means they can add an extra guy in pass defense and forces the Eagles to run the ball. So even when the Eagles ran the ball, the Falcons didn't feel necessarily threatened, and they were able with their speed to corral whether it's Jordan Howard or Miles Sanders. And I tell you, Miles Sanders, as much as I love him as a runner, 
he's going to have to learn how to put his foot in the ground and get north and south. Right. right? A lot right? of lateral yeah. stuff yeah, going on there college, with him. in college, you can't outrun yeah. everybody to the edge. Just sometimes you got to take the yards that are there, the tough three, four yards that are there to set up the plays on the outside. But if the defense is expecting you to bounce every run that you get, they're going to be waiting on you. So I'm sure that's something Deuce will get corrected with the young running back. Most yeah. young running backs struggle with that early in their career. your athleticism and yes. you're so slippery throughout your career and you're used to being able to do that yeah. against college competition, you're especially high school. Right, yeah. then that works and that's your game to have that elusiveness. But we've seen that from Miles in practice and in, uh, in uh, training camp leading up to this season that he does have that ability to put his foot in the ground, get north and south. So yeah. just a matter of translating that to games. Let's go to the defense. We've spent a lot of time talking about the offense here tonight. And one of the things um, was we saw Jim Jordan get, get injured. We don't really know what's going on there. Also, at that defensive tackle spot, we're now without Malik Jackson. So Hassan Ridgeway saw some action. Akeem Spence saw some action there in the middle. Obviously, Fletcher Cox is, you know, is Fletcher Cox. When you look at that defensive tackle position, what can this team build on where they've had that depth attacked? Yeah, we're thin there, Amy. And, um, man, I tell you, it, it's not it's not getting getting any better any faster. I mean, you lose a guy like Tim Jernigan, and we don't know how significant uh, his situation is. But now, what are you looking at? You're looking at Fletcher Cox and Hassan Trayvon Hatch. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's, 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 Spence. it's Akeem yeah. Spence who's still new to the defense. There's not a lot there. And if you, can't, if you can't get pressure or if you can't affect the offense with your front four, it really, it really puts the rest of your defense in a bind. And I thought Derek Barnett played well tonight. Yeah. I thought, I thought um, uh, Brandon Graham had some plays. He showed some flashes. We didn't get a sack on Mark, Matt Ryan, but they were around Matt Ryan all night. One. There was one, and but it was kind of near, near the yeah. end of it. it was, they yeah. forced two turnovers yeah. on him, so they had him throwing off his heels. Mm -hmm. They had him feeling uncomfortable. He was affected a lot. I don't, he only went down the one time, but they had they had they were in his face. They were throwing him off a lot. And yeah. that's where Jim Swartz preaches yeah. that sacks don't necessarily tell the whole story. Right, it's the, this affecting the quarterback. Yes. Actually, I learned this from Dan Quinn when he was at Florida and I covered the Gators, this idea of affecting the quarterback, how you can have that sometimes just getting him off his game, even a hand in the face, that that translates to turnovers. It's not always a sack that, that you're going to be looking for there. Yeah, both of his interceptions came because either somebody was in his face, yeah. Brandon Graham may have gotten a hand on his elbow when he threw the ball and, and Ron Darby intercepted it. That's how you can create Turnovers affecting that quarterback's arm, and again, I know everybody will look at the sack stats and say, "Well, why are we not hitting the quarterback, or we're not getting sacks?" Well, you got two turnovers a night that were a direct result of pressure on Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan throwing off his back foot, throwing the ball up. You're able to capitalize on that. So I like what the defense was able to do by taking the ball away from Matt Ryan. Again, it's a catch-22. When you send extra guys, you leave yourself exposed. And that's, and that's what happened on the Julio Jones touchdown is that we sent extra guys. We didn't get there. The offense recognized it. They got the ball out of their hands quick. Julio's able to make a, a simple catch and run for a touchdown. So Julio got loose for that one score, but throughout the night, obviously, he's Julio Jones. He's going to have his numbers. Rasul Douglas, really aggressive in covering him, had some nice pass breakups there. What did you see from Rasul as he continues his development? We've been looking to see him kind of take that next step in this league. I thought he covered Julio pretty well tonight, all things considered. So did I, Amy. I thought he played with confidence. And anytime you got a guy like Julio Jones lined up in front of you, it can be a little scary when you're a young player. So 
did not back down from that matchup. He did not. Yeah. And, and you got to give Russell a lot of credit that he was able to get – he mixed his coverage up as well. He played him up, bumping uh, bumping uh, run at the line of scrimmage. He was able to back off and read and react. And that's what you got to do to a receiver like Julio. You can't give him the same look every time. You got to mix up your looks on him. And you had both defensive backs over there covering him, whether it was Rasul or it was uh, Sidney Jones. Yep. They both had their turns over there. I thought Rasul did a great job of just battling Julio Jones and not giving him, thing, giving him anything easy. And uh, Sidney Jones as well. I thought they both did a great job of accepting the challenge. Again, when you see a guy like Julio Jones lined up in front of you and you know the quarterback is going to try to get him the football, you're over there saying to yourself, you got to have a short memory. If he catches one, don't worry about it. Come up and make the play. Be ready to fight for the next play. I thought the DBs did a great job of that tonight. Obviously, the, the, the last play Julio scored on, they yeah. want that back. But prior to that, I thought the DBs did a, did, a, did a nice job fighting Julio and Calvin Ridley tonight. I mean, that's another right. good wide receiver. Right, that's true. And, you know, when you, th when you look at Julio, he's a guy who's going to get his, right? And so we, there's so much you consider um, a, a strong performance on defense and in the secondary. There's different ways to look at that because yeah. Julio is one of those elite guys that's going to be productive pretty much no matter what. It's like, you know, it's like LeBron. Like, he's going to get his 30 points. Right. You just want to do your best to cover the rest of the guys. Um, Sidney Jones, first career interception tonight. His his career has been a bit up and down, and he's been healthy going into this year. Um, did come out to, uh, I believe, yeah, concussion protocol, cleared, went back in, um, had a nice interception tonight. He's got to be feeling good about his performance Yeah, today. I got to admit, I think. I thought Sydney might have played his best game as an Eagle. Wow. And just think about okay. his overall game. And it's been uh, such a journey for him. And obviously the interception means a whole lot that he's able to get that and give the offense the ball back. But I thought he played a physical game. He came up. He showed up in the run game. <laughs> the play he may have gotten a concussion on was a big, big tackle yeah. that he came up and made as a cornerback. Yeah, you were, like, screaming and yelling yeah. in the office over there, like, <laughs> yeah, okay, no, Sidney. Yeah, you don't typically see corners come up and make hits like that. But it's great to see Sidney playing with confidence, playing fast. And that's what he has to do. He has to show up in all phases of the defense, not just in coverage, but you also have to show up in that run game and show that you're going to be a support force out there as an extra defender. So uh, small steps, but a step in the right direction where it's, it's something he's going to be able to build on moving forward. Nate Gary also had an interception tonight in the end zone, yeah, uh, stopping the Falcons score there. How big was that for momentum for the Eagles? That was a huge yeah. interception. Falcons in the red zone right there. Again, we talked about affecting Matt Ryan. It wasn't necessarily a sack on Matt Ryan, but he felt the pressure, and he's throwing off his back foot there, and that's a bad throw. Matt Ryan can't make that throw. That he's double-covering well. on Austin. <laughs> Hooper, he's trying to force the ball in there to his tight end. Nice job of Nate Jerry of catching that ball there and, and uh, securing the possession for the Eagles. Three turnovers uh, for this defense tonight. I've, I've said, if you're going to be a good defense, you have to be able to take the ball away. And in this league, when you get the opportunity to make interceptions or you get a sack, strip, fumble, things of that nature, the Eagles' defense have to be an opportunistic defense, and I thought tonight they played that way. Matt Ryan put the ball in harm's way tonight, and the Eagles were able to take advantage of it. Yeah, definitely a lot to build on there. We've talked about a lot of the injuries tonight. Um, Carson Wentz also had to go out for concussion protocol. Um, according to Michelle Tafoya's reporting, he was really unhappy that he had to miss some of that game action. Love to see that competitor, but of course have to make sure that he's healthy and good to go. Josh McCown comes in for a couple plays, and gosh, I thought he really just like ignited 
created the momentum for this team. How great is that to have a backup with that kind of experience that can really just like turn turn it on for the team? That was huge. I yeah. mean, Josh McCown being able to come in right before the half in a critical situation. Obviously, the Eagles needing points. He's able to keep that drive alive. Wentz over there chomping at the bit to get back in the game. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. That guy, just right. he's a fighter. He's a competitor, man. He doesn't want to miss anything. But great job with Josh McCown coming in, keeping everybody settled down, running the offense, not doing anything to hurt the offense, taking what the defense is giving them, made some nice throws, and the Eagles eventually wind up with three points out of that drive. And it, it takes having a guy like Josh McCown being able to come in there because if you get a young guy coming in there in that situation, now Doug may be thinking, just hand the ball off. Let's get out of here without creating any type of turnovers and giving the Falcons the ball back. When you got a guy like Josh McCown who has 18 years of experience, Doug can stay in the playbook and continue to be aggressive knowing that you have a quarterback that's going to take care of the football, and that's what Josh was able to do. I know Wentz eventually came back in, and we were able to get points on that drive, but that's strictly due to Josh McCown, his veteran leadership, and being able to come in there and be a calming force in the huddle. Yeah, McCown with some opportunity with some of the injuries that went on for the Eagles tonight. Matt Collins, another one of those guys on offense who was able to really take advantage of uh, the limited depth at the receiver position, and he had a great play on special teams as well. I think this was a career night in receptions for him. I'll have to look that up, but uh, really great to see him back and just being used so much in the offense and on special teams. Yeah, another young player pressed into action. Yeah. Probably didn't expect to see the type of uh, as many snaps as he saw tonight, especially at the wide receiver position. But again, being a backup player in this league, you have to be ready when your number is called. And that's a great job by Mac Hollins tonight and J.J. Ortega Whiteside being, being ready when called upon. These guys were pressed into action um, for a lot of snaps tonight. And for the most part, did a nice job getting open when, when the ball was thrown to them. They were able to take advantage of their opportunities. Mac Hollins, a guy that's been struggling with injuries uh, since his rookie season, happy to see him out there tonight and really taking advantage of this, uh, this opportunity, even though it comes at, obviously, the expense of the veteran guys being injured. But that's what this league is about, Amy. I mean, young guys yeah. have to step up. It's the next man. And the coach has to feel like that he's not going to be handcuffed from a play-calling standpoint. He wants to be able to go in that playbook and call everything that they intended to call throughout this game plan. And you have to rely on these young guys that they did the studying that was required. They don't get all the reps throughout the week. They have to basically get the mental reps from the sideline and in the meeting rooms. And I thought both young guys, Arthega Whiteside and Mac Hollins, were able to come in there tonight and really contribute big time. Well, last week in our pregame, show we had an interview with Charles Davis who called the game for Fox and he said he knew Doug Peterson was so excited having everyone healthy because that meant he was going to be able to call the game the way that he really wanted yeah. to call the game. We're going to have to see what happens with this team moving forward on offense and how serious some of these injuries may or may not be. Hopefully that will be coming out in the next couple of days. But let's go back um, to today's pregame show. We did our keys to the game. Dave Spadaro, I'm sure he'll be talking about a lot of this on uh, the Eagles Insider podcast, but his key was about the trenches, about the Eagles defense line against the Falcons offensive line that really struggled to protect Matt Ryan last week and of course uh, they drafted two rookies in the first round to the offensive line Chris Lindstrom on IR with an injury already and then we saw Caleb McGarry go out for part of uh, part of the game looked pretty bad he got 
carted off. I believe it was a knee injury, but he came back in, which was totally surprising because it looked really bad. Um, how did you see how this Eagles defensive line performed against uh, a young and banged up offensive line for the Falcons? Uh, good, not it great. It seemed like it was harder yeah. than we expected it to be on paper, given what we knew about that offensive line in Atlanta. Yeah, and Atlanta knew that they were going to have problems protecting Matt Ryan if yeah. you wanted to get the ball down the field. So their game plan tonight was really get the ball out of Matt Ryan's hands as quick as possible. And when we do take our shots or when they take their shots, uh, they're going to max protect, and that's what they were able to do tonight. I thought we, we we hit Matt Ryan. We got pressure on him. Not a ton of sacks in, in, in that column. Um, again, wasn't a great performance by our D-line, just a good performance. And, again, going up against a banged-up Atlanta Falcons offensive line, you would have liked a little bit more, but I can't I – can't, I guess I can't be too disappointed because you're talking about three turnovers they were able to force tonight. They got one sack on him, and they had a couple quarterback hits on him. And because he was under duress and throwing off his back foot, I think that's what led to the interceptions. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think our defensive line did a good job tonight. I know people will look at the box score. They want to see a lot more tackles for losses and sacks and things of that nature. But I thought Atlanta's offense never looked like they were in rhythm also. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a team that struggled to move the ball in the first half as well. And if it hadn't been for a couple turnovers on the Eagles side of the ball, maybe the Falcons don't have as many points going in at halftime. It was a 10-6, I believe it was, going in at halftime time and that's a game that you're still in right without having much offensive production so there's not many negative plays that I could point to from a defensive standpoint tonight I thought being undermanned the fact that the offense didn't have a lot going in the first half and the defense was on the field an awful lot I thought the defensive line performed admirably tonight well and it did feel like things kept going poorly for the Eagles especially with injuries and this play and that play and yet the score was so much closer than maybe it It felt like and yeah yeah, it was really closer all throughout even though things didn't feel so great Um, we're waiting to hear from quarterback Carson Wentz so we'll keep you posted on that also if you're watching on Facebook. Send us some questions. We'll do our best to answer them. Obviously, a lot to break down in this game. Um, Ike, as, as the next couple of days unfold, what do you think are going to be some of the biggest biggest takeaways from today? Can you predict what your hindsight will be about this game? <laughs> well, I, I, I think, I, I mean, obviously... As you unpack it on your radio show, and especially with fan questions coming right. through that as well. Well, everybody's going to know about the, want, to, want to know about the injury status of yeah. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson and Dallas Goddard. That's the first thing you're going to want to know. And then secondly, I think, you know, the running game, right? The running game is something that we're going to have to get going. Yeah. We're, we're going to have to get the running game going. I thought last week we did a good job of it in the second half. Tonight, just couldn't get anything going with any of the three backs that we gave the football to. And then when you get down, um, I, I, look at, I look at this game, Amy, and I say, this is a game where you can, you can, you can take the loss and build off of it, yeah. right? Like, like that kind of touches on what Fran if said. You win a yeah. game, if you win a game like this, maybe you don't, you don't, maybe you don't get as much out of it with a win. You're just happy that you stole a game on the road. But with a loss and, and the manner in which they lost this game, uh, I think it's going to be a lot easier to look at film. I think okay. it's going to be a lot easier to be able to coach these guys up this week. Coming off that game last week, this game will allow 
for humility to set in a little bit and get refocused and, and come out next week against the Lions, ready to go at home. And then here's the other thing that I think you take away from this game is that we are always reminded in this league mm. that any given Sunday, any That's given why they Sunday, play the game, exactly, That's we why are reminded they play the game. in this league that you don't play games on paper. Doesn't matter how you stack up against one another from a, t a statistical standpoint going into the game. You have to go out there on the field and execute. And I think when we look back at this game, people will, will say, much like in 2017 when they lost to Kansas City week two, this is a game that you can say we can build off of this game because there are a lot of good things in this game from a depth and experience standpoint that are going to help the Eagles out as the season goes along. It only counts as one loss in the, in, the, in, the, in the L column, and they'll get a chance to get redemption after this. But I think a lot of young players got a lot of good experience out there tonight. And I love the fact that Doug just called his game. Yeah. You, know, you know, sometimes as coaches – you, you, you tend to take a peek and you say, well, I don't have this guy out there. I don't have that guy out there, so I need to call this type of game. I thought Doug just stuck with his game plan and said, we're going to run the plays that we felt would work against this defense, and I'm going to trust these young guys to go in here to be able to execute the plays. And then Carson, mm -hmm. not blinking at all, just running the plays regardless of who's out there. I think that's going to bode well from an experience standpoint for this team moving forward. Look, he showed a lot of resolve and even bouncing back from some tough moments. What did you see from him just in terms of that resilience to kind of come back and just, just continuing to be gutsy, especially in those third and long, those fourth down attempts? I mean, just a lot of yeah. grit from the quarterback. Yeah, just confirmation from what yeah. I've always felt about Carson today. He's a gamer. He's yeah. going to fight tooth and nail, all the way to the end. His players, they're going to play for him. He's going to continue to encourage those guys out there. And that's what your leaders have to do. And when you're the quarterback and you don't get off to a good start, you have to continue to fight mentally to get yourself back in the right place. And I thought that's what Carson was able to do tonight. Nothing was going well for him in that first half. I thought on the second interception, it was the one time I thought he pressed tonight. It yeah. was the one time I thought... Ah, that's a throw that you know you shouldn't make, but he tried to make the throw anyway because he saw the offense was sputtering and he wanted to make something happen. Other than that, I thought everything he did tonight was what you want from your yeah. quarterback, what you want from your leader. It's not going to always be pretty. and you're, It's very rare that you're going to play four quarters of clean football, but you could tell or you, you, you can know, you, you'll know what the true character is of a player is, is when he faces adversity. And being undermanned, not having his best weapons at his disposal, I thought Carson uh, hung in there and he really tried to rally the troops late in the game and he gave us a chance to try to win this game late and that's what you really want from your quarterback. Yeah, I thought Fran really said it perfectly, this no-blink mentality that yeah. he just came out there and wasn't going to flinch when the game was on the line in those big moments and uh, especially going out with that concussion protocol and just the desire to come back in, just how frustrated he was to be on the yeah. sidelines. Look, I want everyone to be healthy, but I love to see a competitor who's like, look, coach, I have, I'm trying to get in here and get the job done, especially when they were driving into the red zone there. Yeah. So speaking of Carson Wentz, he is approaching the podium. Let's take a look. Wentz. 
Carson, it looked like you took a pretty good shot on that first interception. Um, how are you physically, and, and what was happening? Yeah, I feel fine. You know, it's football. Got uh, got hit a few times, but, you know, it's part of the game, and I, I feel fine. I'll be a little sore tomorrow, but nothing out of the ordinary. How did you say you check for a head injury? Is, it, is that a, is a spotter? Yeah, that was, honestly, that was super frustrating, you know, because I came to the sideline, and I uh, was sitting there for about five minutes, and then they called down to, to go look at that. So, to me, uh, that's just something, you know, they got to figure out. You know, that's super frustrating when I feel fine. I understand you got to look at that, and that's part of the game, but the way it took so long, and then we finally went out on the field, and I had to go to the, the blue tent. Uh, that was really frustrating. I think the league needs to look at that. So, you missed, so you missed six plays in the one. And what happened in the tent? How were you handling that one? I mean, I was frustrated, but I knew they had to do the protocol, so I just had to go through the, the concussion protocol and tell them, tell them what, where we were, what the date was, all that fun stuff, and uh, I was fine and ready to get back out there. How, how tough you guys lost Dallas before the game, Sean and all Sean during the game? I mean, you're well aware. I mean, yeah. what, what was, have, you, have you ever experienced something like that? What was it like going It's like tough. That? You know, it's tough, and we're not by no means going to make excuses, and we've always talked next man up, but, you know, some of the stuff tonight you can't make up. You know, I've never seen, uh, you know, guy after guy like that early in the ball game, and, uh, but, you know, guys stepped up. You know, guys stepped up. Guys were resilient. Uh, we came up a little short today, but I'm proud of the way the guys fought. Zach Wirtz said he feels like he let the team down and he's taking this loss upon himself. But did you talk to him? What did you say about that? I haven't talked to him yet. I mean, briefly, but he, he can't feel that way. You know, this is a team loss. We all all in this thing together. You know, we made some mistakes early. I made mistakes early We got to, we, that we bounced back from. And uh, we just came up short, you know, and that's one of those games. And, uh, you know, we can't feel sorry for ourselves because of the injuries. We got to be better, uh, and we will be. Physically, you know, I felt fine. You know, I obviously got hit a little bit, but nothing, nothing that I was too concerned about. Um, yeah, just slow, slower starts, and you know, we were just trying to get dialed in what what they were trying to do against us and, and make some plays. And you know, we were just missing some things early. Along those lines, was Zach Nelson also had a play that he thinks he should have made. Uh, as, as a leader, do you do anything with those guys to kind of let them or help them get past those moments? You just tell them we're coming right back to them, you know, that it, it is what it is. And guys make mistakes, drop pass here, I throw a pick, you know, I miss a play. You know, things happen. You know, that's football, and uh, none of us are perfect. And, you know, everybody's going to own their, their mistakes, and we're going to learn from it and grow together. But, you know, I told him I'm coming right back to him, and you saw that on the fourth down play. He made a big catch, and, uh, you know, he's going to make those plays more often than not. Carson, after you uh, quarterback snake, you had this sort of very demonstrative spike that was as, uh, as much emotion as we've seen from you on yeah. the field. What, what, what and then I almost fell over, so I was I was pretty uh, pretty excited. You know, that was just a hard drive. You know, and we, uh, you know, a lot of conversions and everything. And um, obviously, it was a slower start for us, and we were um, kind of struggling for a while. So to put that drive together, I was I was pretty excited. Uh, I just got to keep my feet a little better. You lose like three of your top receivers like so early in the game and everything. How how do you change things on the fly? I mean, what was kind of going on? Yeah, I mean, again, that's tough. You know, you game plan all week, and um, you have all these personnel packages, and then they kind of all go out the window on game day. But, you know, coaches do a great job, you know, and so do the guys. The guys were ready, Mac and JJ. Guys were ready to step up, and I think, I don't know, I believe Zach played every snap, uh, so he was ready to go. And, um, you know, guys were able to step up, and coaches did a good job of making sure guys were in the right positions, and uh, hats off to those guys for doing a good job. The throw to Mac, um, Zach was pointing out that no other quarterback in the league could to do that anybody else would have just gone down what was going through your head why didn't you just go down third down got to stay on the field you know and uh, i'm always going to fight for for these for these guys and for this team and um you know that was we were just able to make that play mac made a great catch to finish that and uh you know i think 
I think that's not just me. That's a lot of the guys on this team and in this locker room. They're, they're fighters. Uh, they're resilient. And, uh, you know, that's just a, a representation of that uh, of the team on that play. Mark, uh, what did you see just overall with Mac? Um, it seemed like he probably played his best game. Yeah, I think, he, I think he did a good job. You know, I think we asked a lot of him. You know, we come in and have a plan, and then guys go down. So we're asking him to play the Y, play the Z, play the F. You know, we're moving him around, and uh, he's got to know the, the playbook and the positions and then the run checks and everything. So uh, I think he did a great job, and he made some plays. And I'll see on tape how he, how he did uh, on other things. But, you know, I feel really confident with him out there. On the Cross. first two-point conversion, uh, I guess the ruling was that you were, you were giving yourself up short of the uh, line. What did you make of that? Yeah. I, I got nothing. I, I don't know how to dive for the end zone. And, yeah, it's tough. I wish I would have got in. It would have. I did, but, I again, I don't know. So that's frustrating, but it is what it is. You know you're going you're gonna to hear about the slow starts all week. Um, how big is it to, to, to find a, a way through that? Yeah, um, wish I had an answer. You know, it's it's something, obviously, again, we're always looking at. Um, and, you know, by no means making excuses, but, you know, we were trying to figure out who we had out there and, and getting guys in the right position. And so uh, I think the coaches did a good job of that, and we just got to execute better early. And uh, we'll take a hard look at it, and I know we say that all the time, and um, that's what we'll do, and, and we'll learn from it and get better. How important are the conversations on the sideline when you do have so much personnel coming in and out of a game when you guys can kind of collect your thoughts and talk on the sideline? They're huge. Uh, they're huge, those conversations. Um, getting guys lined up, hey, here's here's the plays we're maybe coming to and just talking to guys where they're going to be. You know, we're changing formations on the fly uh, because of the personnel we have. So uh, those conversations are vital. And, you know, I think the coaches, uh, all the position coaches and everybody did a great job of making sure guys were in the right spots, doing what they were supposed to do. And uh, guys did a good job of that tonight. What's your biggest takeaway from this game? Um, I'll have to watch the tape, first of all, but it's frustrating. You know, it's frustrating. You know, we were a uh, slow start. We, we battled back, you know, offensively. We, we did our did our thing late and, and were able to come down there. And uh, then they then we scored, then they scored, and then we got right down there uh, and came up, you know, six inches short. So for us, it, it's frustrating. Uh, really proud of the guys, you know, encouraged by the way the guys fought. Uh, and it, it, we're able to just bounce back from some adversity. But, again, uh, that doesn't win you ball games. And so we're going to learn from that and, and be better next week. On the fourth down pass to Zach at the end, what was kind of like the play design? And I guess, you know, obviously came up like a little bit short and everything like that. But was it supposed to be like? Yeah, I mean, I think I thought we executed it really well. You know, based on the coverage, we got into a certain check that uh, really got us right to the sticks. And, you know, we came up, you know, six inches short. And um, that is what it is. And that's football. Did you get down Nelson on the fourth down pass? Did you throw it up there? Did you see him? No, I saw him. I saw him, and that's you know that's something that that defense does on some third down situations, and we were able to um, kind of bait Keanu down there and, and throw it over the top. Wish I would have got it out there a little further, but um, you know that's something that we saw on tape. And once they took the timeout, I ran over there, and coach and I talked about it, and we were able to get into that play, and it worked out for us. Well, there's so much uh, there's a much different game in terms of you know you were kept pretty clean in, in game one. This was a much more physical game. I know that you have. The idea of longevity of your career in mind. Yeah. How do you kind of balance that when a game like this sort of represents itself? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of is what it is. You know, I'm going to do everything I can, like I've said, to, to protect myself, to get the ball out, to, to, to play uh, and stay healthy. But again, tonight was, was the way it was, and we battled and we fought. And, um, you know, I, I did the same, and that's just that's just football. And so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to lose too much sleep over it. How do you feel right now? Feel good, you know. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be sore tomorrow. Uh, we got a plane, long plane ride ahead of us too. Uh, I'm going to be sore, but um, physically, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing too concerning. Last question: That where you got hit from Jones is on the ribs. Uh, 
Oh, uh, yeah, I got the wind knocked out of me a little bit. Um, kind of left myself exposed there in the ribs, but I, I feel fine. Thanks, Thank sir. you, guys. Okay, Carson Wentz after the game. Look, I have to say, he had some optimism about him just there. And I also have to say, love the all black. I feel like he would just fit right up here with us. With would. our we'll go with the us, great he Gatsby looks, theme yeah, uh, tonight. Look, um, <laughs> I love his energy. I love his attitude, kind of that hopeful um, vibe like we kind of saw from Doug. I also loved when he said, look, it's the next man up mentality, but some of that stuff you can't you can't make up with all these injuries. He yeah. said, I had never seen that many injuries um, to a position group or uh, on that side of the ball like that before. But uh, if memory serves me correct, this is exactly what happened to the secondary last year where it almost felt like, oh, my gosh, who do we even have left? And by the end of the season, that turned into a positive for this team. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, I, I think moving forward, like if you have a, a week to prepare yeah. with a group of guys, right. that's one thing. But when it happens prior to the game, when – when coming into the game, you expect to have a full squad, yeah. and then you start losing guys in warm-up, or you start losing guys after the first series, now you have to adjust on the fly. And what Carson is talking about there, and I love this answer, is that he doesn't have time to sit here and say, well, hold on, Alshon's not in, this guy's in, Deshaun's not in. No, he just has to run the plays that are called and trust the guys that are in there. And so, um, that's great to see, yeah. and I think moving forward, these guys will have a better report because if you're practicing with the guys, they can look a little bit more fluid and, uh, and look a little bit more in sync. So I just love the fact that as a true leader, he's not making excuses as he should not. And, and he needs to make sure he exhibits confidence in those young players. He needs to let them know that, okay, if you're the guys that I'm going with, I got full confidence in you. Yep, a lot to build on. Of course, we don't know how serious the injuries are to those other guys. We're hoping for the best there as well. Uh, we're going to take a quick break on the other side of this. Fran Duffy with our Rico review. You're not going to want to miss that. We'll see you in a minute. Meet the Wawa Hoagies. Every hoagie is made for you with delicious ingredients on a freshly baked Amoroso roll. Try one today, like a toasty cheesesteak, a mouth-watering meatball, or an Italian hoagie. Every one made just how you like it. So now that you've been introduced, stop by and get a fresh, delicious hoagie today. Gotta have a Wawa. Wawa is the official hoagie of the Philadelphia Eagles. For most when we help others. We respect that because at Santander Bank, respect adds up. Come see what's happening at your local Acme. Better sale prices, superior service, and great quality products. Cleaner, friendlier, fresher, like fresher meat and seafood, and fresher produce, including organic. And our butchers cut our USDA-choice Lancaster beef in-store every day. So stop in, shop, and see for yourself why Acme is just better. Shop on game day and save 5% at Acme when wearing your Eagles apparel.
Thanks for watching the post-game show presented by Rico as the Eagles lost a tough one on the road in Atlanta, 24-20, unable to uh, hang on in the end there after coming from behind a really uh, a win that this team can absolutely build on. We're going to take a closer look at one of the biggest plays from this game, a Ronald Darby interception. Fran Duffy has the details for us in tonight's Rico Review. Take a look. All right, let's now fast forward to the start of the second half and the play that really brought the Eagles back into this game, and it's a huge interception by Ronald Darby, third and long, deep in Atlanta territory, and this is a cover zero blitz from Jim Schwartz and the Eagles defense. And what is a cover zero blitz? Well, a zero blitz is when you've got zero free safeties in the middle of the field. There is zero help for all of your defenders that are in man coverage. So if you look across the board, for every eligible receiver for the Falcons, there is exactly one player in coverage for the Eagles. And what this means is, is that the offense cannot block all of the blitzers that are coming after the quarterback because it's 11 on 11. If you, you're sending six as a defense, you only have five in protection. That last blitzer is on the quarterback. That means the ball has got to come out quickly. If your receivers are not ready for it or if the defenders are able to beat you to the catch point, that's where you can create a big play. So we're going to let this play out, and we're going to go in over to the end zone angle and show you exactly how the Eagles were able to get to Matt Ryan because it was a really creative blitz, one of my favorites in football, a triple A-gap pressure. And we're going to see exactly how the Eagles set this up. It was really well done by Jim Schwartz and the rest of that defensive staff, really well disguised. The Atlanta Falcons could not set the protection late enough to be able to block this up. And even if they did, they would not have been ready for it. You can see here pre-snap. You've got Nigel Bradham lined up in the A-gap. So right off the bat, they're going to slide their protection this way. So the center is going to block Nigel Bradham. You have your left guard here to block Josh Sweat, a defensive end lined up inside. Your left tackle is going to block Derek Barnett. Now, that is the zone side of the protection. They are going to all slide that way. Now, from a man side, you've got your right tackle. The backup, Sembrello, is going to block Brandon Graham one-on-one. -on -one. Your right guard, Jamon Brown, is going to block Fletcher Cox one-on-one. -on -one. What you need to do now is find out the back. And you're going to see Malcolm Jenkins is lined up here off the edge. The back has Jenkins man-to-man, one-on-one. -on -one. What's going to happen here, we're going to let this roll. You're going to see Malcolm Jenkins late. He's going to really quickly get into the opposite A gap. So now we're going to freeze it. There's Malcolm. He blitzes. The back does his job. He gets picked up. But you can see Rodney McLeod is a late inserter. He's a late blitzer coming from depth. The Falcons have no one to be able to account for this. You've got everybody else matched up one-on-one. -on -one. You can see they've got a hat on a hat across the board. This blitzer, Rodney McLeod, is on Matt Ryan. He has got to get the ball out. So this blitz gets home so quick. Rodney McLeod hits the hole with such speed that the ball comes out quick. Ronald Darby is able to come away with the interception. The Eagles go on to score a touchdown. Great design from Jim Schwartz and that staff. Great stuff there from Fran Duffy in the Rico Review. Ronald Darby's interception, one of three for the Eagles tonight. Matt Ryan turned over three times, really able to affect the quarterback there. On the other side of this break, we have the nominees for the Toyota Player of the Week, as well as a little look ahead to the Eagles matchup against the Lions here in Philadelphia next Sunday. We'll see you in a minute. We still need glasses on table 10.
be proud of us. A family business should stay in the family. See how Lincoln's Insurance Solutions can help protect your family, your business, and everyone who counts on you at lincolnfinancial.com. chance to vote for the Toyota Player of the Week. Go to PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Toyota Player of the Week to cast your vote and get a chance at a brand new Toyota. Hey, thanks for watching the post-game show presented by Rico as we continue to break down the game. Uh, three nominees for the Toyota Player of the Week, all worthy nominees, Nelson Aguilar, Nate Gary, Rodney McLeod. Let's start with Nelson. What stood out to you about his game? I mean, he had Kind of an up-and-down game, but some of the biggest plays tonight. He really did. Um, man, <laughs> it's hard not to think <laughs> about that last Try not that, to think about that, the that one drop, bad one and think about all the good ones. <laughs> right, he had yeah. eight catches tonight, <laughs> over 100 yards, and really had a lot of big catches. I mean, some Carson, I Carson mean, Wentz on that fourth yeah. down play, being able to find Nelson, getting behind the defense was an absolute fantastic throw by Carson and then a great catch by Nelson. Really, it's unfortunate that people will try to remember the, the, the one drop late in the game. Right. But I, for, for a team that was missing its top two wide receivers and right. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, I thought Nelson Aguilar came up big uh, a lot tonight. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't catch the one pass, but they're not even in that situation to be that competitive if he doesn't catch the others that he yeah. did. So definitely worthy of the nomination And he did there. come back and catch the next the one. The one after that, which yeah. I love to see that too, that short-term yeah. memory like you always want to see in the game. Talk about Nate Gary, White Snake <laughs> with the interception in the end zone, stopping the Falcons score and uh oh, and getting it? the touch <laughs> white snake that's his nickname okay that's i actually learned that from coach jim schwartz so that okay. is the official and it's on i believe it's on his instagram too but that's for sure his nickname um okay. look he had to be uh kind of pulled back in the end zone there not to run out <laughs> um but huge huge interception for him yeah <laughs> us linebackers we don't know what to do once we get the ball in our hands we don't know yeah. whether to return it go down sit or down in the end zone right. <laughs> but great job by Nate. That, that was a huge interception at that point in the game. Atlanta looks like they're about to go up and score another touchdown right there. Nate Gary, big interception there from a young player. And really, a young guy that's been thrust into some critical situations. Absolutely. I mean, Jim Swartz obviously trusts him down there in that area on third down. Nice play from Nate. Yeah, he's had a lot of opportunity with that, a lot, you know, some of the injuries in that the, linebacker. And the nickel group. defense, he's out there yeah. in the nickel defense. And he's continued to step up and evolve in this defense, really found a nice identity for himself yeah. on this team. And let's go to Rodney McLeod. Of course, so great to have him back out there. It uh, just feels right to see him back in the defensive backfield. Uh, a couple of nice plays. I'm thinking of a really nice pass break up there on Julio. Mm -hmm. um, but his presence felt maybe uh, not as much um, in those wow moments, but kind of, you know, in that safety role of just kind of keeping and everything contained. No, I agree. I mean, I thought Rodney probably, you know, 
He's still coming off of that injury from yeah. last year. Certainly looks healthy out there. Didn't, didn't see him a whole lot last week versus the Redskins, but tonight I certainly noticed him out there on the field. And when you talk about some of the plays the other guys are able to make, well, part of that is because of the job that the safety is doing back there. So when you see a Rasul Douglas or uh, Sidney Jones or Ron Darby making plays, well, they know they have a safety net behind them and Rodney McLeod. And I thought Rodney McLeod showed up not only in the passing game tonight, but in the run game as well. So that's, that's good news for the Eagles moving forward, yeah. knowing that they have their free safety bag 100% healthy. Oh, yeah. Well, be sure to vote on your Toyota Player of the Week for your chance to win a free Toyota. I mean, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Toyota Player of the Week to cast your vote on one of those three guys. All right, Ike, it's time to put this one behind us. Look ahead to next week's matchup. The Detroit Lions will be here in Philadelphia, 1 p.m. kickoff. They had an okay day today, I guess. Technically got the W, 13-10 over the Chargers. This one was in Detroit. Um, I'm surprised to see this from the Chargers. A lot of offense there for them, though, and still didn't get the W. Yeah, ugly game. Yeah, and it's, it's early. I'm only looking at the box score. This looks like an ugly game. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's early in the season, Amy. You know what this is? This is lack of playing in the preseason. Yeah. And so Chargers look good last week. They come into Detroit this week, only put 10 points up against that Lions defense, uh, a game that really looked like the Chargers had control of and the Lions were able to come out of here with a W. Not a very good Lions team, but if you let them hang around, Matthew Stafford has been around long enough that he can beat you in the end. We know the Lions have offensive weapons and Kenny Galladay, yeah. Marvin Jones. Uh, Got to watch out for this tight end that they have out of uh, Iowa, I believe. TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. He's pretty good. He's and then on Johnson had the uh, only touchdown for the Lions today on a 35-yard screen play. So, uh, Lions, not not a great team, certainly not a good road team, right. but a team, if you allow them to hang around, Matthew Stafford is a savvy enough veteran. fourth quarter magic yeah. that he, that is like a classic Stafford thing. And somehow right. you're just like, what just happened in the fourth quarter? I mean, he's got, and like you said, that veteran presence under center, um, you really can't, there's, you, you can't teach that. It's just experience. Yeah, it, it's experience. Time. And yeah. that's why you got to, when you have a team like this, it's important for the Eagles to take care of business and not allow this team to think they can win this game because uh, you leave the Lions in the game and then you leave an opportunity for Matthew Stafford to steal one from you. So, But I expect the Eagles to bounce back from this game. Hope they get healthy this week. Hope we have all of our guys available to us next week. But they'll be back at the link, and uh, they'll respond from this tough loss. They'll, they'll respond from this tough loss. Oh, of course. And we're, as we wait to find out about these injuries, you can, of course, keep it right here with PhiladelphiaEagles.com. We'll be covering all of that. I know Eagles insider Dave Spadaro is going to be having a lot of inside, for, inside info for us and breaking it all down on his podcast as well. Tons of content coming at you leading up to the Lions game. Looking forward to seeing some Eagles fans coming out to cheer on the birds yeah. in South Philadelphia and we will be right back here in this studio for the pregame show at 1230 presented by Exalta I'll be joined by Fran Duffy and then of course the postgame show presented by Rico Fran and Ike will be right back here in this room we've got you covered all season long we will see you next week for the Lions game have a good night everybody